Welcome to Culture Score. This is the podcast where we really delve into the intersectionality of pop culture and black culture. Uh, today, we have a very special guest with us. But before I announce our guest, let me just welcome my co-host, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Me here. It's Ben. So Ben's here with us tonight. And uh, we got t- uh, Tony here, who was kind enough to join us for our last podcast where we discussed the really uh, well-made um, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. And it's from that film that we kind of got the idea for this next episode. Um, Daniel Kaluuya had a, a, played an amazing role and did a great job of playing Fred Hampton. And it kind of led to discussion kind of off, off the call about, you know, actors who are not Black Americans, uh, who are Black from another, another place, playing these iconic Black historian-type roles. And it led to some very uh, open discussions, and we thought, hey, let's let you guys be privy to it. So prior to jumping into all that, let me just real quickly, one more time, just welcome Tony Tamby. Tony, want to come in and say hello to everybody? Hello, 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 everybody. Thank you guys for having me again. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Tony Tamby, Chewbacca, Bob Harta, (laughs) Bishola. Now, Ben, that wasn't being whatever. Chukwameka, Chewbacca. He, he butchered my name. He butchered the name. <laughs> I didn't call you that. I heard it from the show. Chewbacca. <laughs> I didn't make it up. <laughs> this is what I deal with every night. Let me tell you, every night. So, so I want to jump. What in. do you mean by every night? Because every, time, your I, every wife? time we be quiet, dude. Well, well, every I'm, night, I'm my every neck. time we do a podcast, you and your jokes. I'm glad you let. I'm glad Tony here to kind of back me up. Because well, I can. The, the I thing can. is, like Marcus, you're being too kind calling them jokes. I mean, they're jokes if they land, right? But once That's they true. don't land, they're, they're, like <laughs> <laughs> depends on the quality of the audience, right? Jokes hit oh. based on the audience. <laughs> If they don't land here and they land other places, I don't know. Maybe um, should I say this or leave that alone? Anyway, Marcus, <laughs> continue. Leave that alone. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think this is a really, really, this is going to be one of the more riveting debates that we ever have on the show. And I think, Tony, you're going to be to add so much perspective to this, primarily being a writer, a producer, and an actor. So you have an insight that we don't have. Um, I'll tell you, you know, about me, you guys can just real quickly just chime in, let the audience know uh, about your history so they understand the perspective. For myself, I'm here in Los Angeles. You know, um, as I mentioned on the last podcast, I'm from the Southeast. I'm from South Carolina. You know, that's where I'm originally from. And I think it plays a part in my perception of this of this situation or this topic. You know, uh, being if you don't mind, kind of jump in and just let people know, because I don't think we've ever really told the audience much about who we are, how we got here and things of that nature. So just a little quick synopsis, let people know, you know, how you got to L.A. and so forth and so on. Well, so born in Cameroon by way of Champaign, Illinois, by way of Minnesota and now in L.A. Okay, and Tony, if you'll do the same. So I was born in Nigeria. My mom is Nigerian. My dad is Cameroonian. Moved to Cameroon. And then uh, seven years later, moved to the U.S., Minnesota specifically. I went to college in Minnesota. Then I moved out to Los Angeles. Okay. So I wanted that to be stated because we're all Black Americans, but our our path and and the way that we got here is totally different. And it may change our perceptions. So hopefully we can have a really lively discussion and just kind of really delve into this because I think it was a couple of years ago, Samuel Jackson made a comment about Daniel Kaluuya having the opportunity to be in Get Out. And I just want to say personally, this is really important for me to point out. To me, some of my favorite actors in the game right now, I love Natalie Emanuel, Daniel Kaluuya. I love Chiwetel Ojiofor. I love Gugu and Batharol. Like these are people who I really enjoy watching, and I love their work. But I do understand that some Black Americans may feel some kind of way um, about so many roles going to non-Black American actors because if you play and get out, that's one thing. If you're Idris Elba in The Wire, that's one thing. I don't think there's a lot of issue for most people in that arena, but I do believe that it has been 
a lot of roles over the better part of the last decade, whether it be um, uh, what is David Oyelowo and uh, playing Ma- uh, Martin Luther King or Carmen Ajogo playing um, Coretta Scott King. You got um, Cynthia Revo. She's playing in Harriet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Harriet. Harriet and, and she's going to be um, Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you just, the, the, the list goes so it just keeps so going can I, on. Can I on. say something real quick, Marcus? I, sure, I think sure. what, you're, what you're about to land this is critical. But to get to that, I think we almost need to have a definition of what is black, right? Because what we're already getting into, you know, non-African Americans, we're still talking black here. Like, what is black to you? Black as, an, as a race. What is that to you? Well, see, I, I think the question that you're asking is kind of different than where I'm looking at it. Because to me, what is black can that's a race you're right that's that's a that's a complexion but when you say black american i don't think i don't think black is a monolith you know what i'm saying it's like hispanic you know your what you dealt with or who you are if you grew up in mexico is completely different if you grew up in cuba or guatemala yeah, or something like that there's more there's more than one black experience of correct definitely. so it's, it's kind of yeah. tricky, it's so so to it's that tricky i mean to what, define black like it's hard. How do we define it? Because to me, black is where I come from, what I know, where I was born, which is the African continent. But to Marcus, did you know you were black? Is, did you know you were black when you were in the African continent? Is that did that occur to you? I never thought of it that way. But I just, I never thought of it that way. I knew I was whatever it is I was, but I never actually said, "Oh, I'm black," and somebody else is this. No, I never thought about it like that. But that doesn't change the fact that I am black. It doesn't sound, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go somewhere with this, right? So if it doesn't change the fact that you're black and we're here talking about non-black African-Americans, this is what it is, like non-American blacks, let's not call it African-Americans because now we can get into a new one here with a couple African-American dudes on the phone talking to an American-American dude and saying African-American. So we're going to have to struggle with that anyways. But if we're talking about that and extending it to talking about black people playing a black role, it almost behooves us to identify or to define what it is we're talking about, right? This is what, I mean, I almost feel like we need to start with that nuance before we get into the meat of what the extension of what we started talking about last episode. Well, I think Marcus's point is like like black American roles, like non-black Americans playing black American roles because there is a difference between the various types of black, right? There's, right. And that's why I didn't just say black. Is I wanted there? to make a point to say black American, because even I think we would all agree, even, even though we're all black. I think if you poll anybody in America who's been somewhat honest, you go to any country, those who are the darkest in complexion, the darkest skinned are typically some of the worst treated people on the planet. So I'm not getting into so much when I made the comment about like, oh, it's just a monolithic black. I'm saying I am comparing black American to other black. I guess I should say it that way, because I think we're talking about the motion picture associate. We're talking about movies. And so many of the most movies are made here in, in, the, in the States. Now it's becoming more prevalent in China and India, things of that nature. But I'm just saying for black, for black roles that are being ta- that are being had are being you know, cast. These are a lot of times traditionally, Black American heroes, you know, like that's just Harriet Tubman, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Martin Luther King, Coretta Scott King. You know, you see, and it seems that a lot of people have kind of gotten their their feathers ruffled. I've listened and went both ways on it. And so rather than me just sitting here saying, I believe, I believe, I believe, I really wanted to do some research because once I knew we were going to do this topic, I, I you know, I spent some time just kind of looking at both sides of it. And I think it's important rather than me start. (laughs) Yeah, I really did because I think it's a serious issue. And I think rather than me start, I think, Tony, it's important for you to start, not just because you're a guest, but because you're in the industry. So if you don't mind, I I would love your viewpoint. Oh, yeah. Um, So viewpoint with regards to non-Black Americans playing historic, like historic Black American figures. Um, I think it's it's nothing wrong with that. Um, You're acting. First of all, you're acting. So whoever the best actor is, whoever could be an embodiment of that character should do it. I don't think there's any problem with that. And again, there's the phrase, um, 
brother from another mother, right? Which kind of, to me, what that meant was like, hey, like, like when a black person tells another black person, like, that's my brother from another mother, it's pretty much saying, like, we're black, right? Don't, don't try to differentiate us. Like, we're black. Black is power. Black is united. Black is beautiful. We say all those things. Then how come it comes to, when it comes to equality within the black race, now Americans, the black Americans are like, oh, well, hold on, hold on. Why should that guy play this role? Like, why? No, no, no. They're this. They don't get it. Like even going to, so I've heard, I've heard the argument of, um, oh, they didn't grow up in America, so they don't have a historical context of the role. Um, probably none of these guys playing the role was alive when Martin Luther King was alive. Nobody was around, was alive when Harriet Tubman was alive. So whatever American you get to play that role wasn't alive either. We're acting. That's what it's called. It's called acting. Let the best actor for the role play the role. It's that simple to me. Okay. I mean, I understand. Ben, you want to chime in? Yeah. So I'm kind of stuck. You guys are going to have to help me here. But touch just a little bit of what Tony said. To me, the concept of it is being, it's a pan-African concept, right? If you think about Black as to borrow from Questlove Supreme, Questlove's podcast, the blackity black black thing. You know, it, it's a Pan-African concept where without anybody informing you or trying to feed stuff into your mind, the black American is the same as the Jamaican American, as the Cuban American. They all came from some ship somewhere in your 23andMe, Cameroon, Ghana. Like everybody's going back and doing all those DNA tests to figure out where they are, but we still want to make distinction and differences to what it is. So on a very high level for me, it's really about the craft, right? That, that to me, that's, that's the backside of it. The front side of it is that we need to insist on this black experience and this black, um, and this concept or this experience of being black. Cause to me, when I really whittle it down to what black is, which is the question I was asking from the beginning, is like when I whittle it down to what black is to me, is an experience. Because I didn't know I was black until I got some kind of discrimination, right? Until I got guns pulled up on me, until one of these things happened that made me go, but wait a minute, like this is not the experience that my friends over there are getting. This is not an experience that everybody's getting. You know, otherwise, I know that I'm black. But it doesn't occur to me until I have that experience, which is a universal experience, right? So if you're going to, if you go down and say, I have an issue with it, I'm going to try to not speak too much to that, to the folks that have an issue with it, because this is not something that's in my consciousness. It's not something that I can probably understand as easily because obviously that doesn't lend to me. So I don't want to downplay it and say, well, it doesn't matter, but from where I'm sitting and from where I'm coming from, it, it's it's a global collective experience, Marcus, like you said. And so because you can channel the pain and because you can channel um, the, the spirit of who these icons were, um, I don't see what the, the, the problem is. You know, on, on the flip side, you know, you got Americans, Black Americans that are playing hella African roles, right? We can go down the list yet. Like you got... Will Smith, right? He played what that guy named Bennett Omalu in Concussion. That was Black bad. Panther himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Forrest Whitaker, the I mean, the last, the last king of Scotland, like Don Cheadle, Cheadle Hotel Rwanda, Hotel Rwanda, right? So to me, it's like you're making half an argument, and you're not being honest and sincere about it because what you're talking, what what it sounds like to me is you feel like the food on your table is challenged. And so you're talking about the food on your table and not so much the food that you took from somebody else's table. And so your argument is not complete. But again, I only feel one side of this argument. So that's my side. All right. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I think you both make valid points, but I would say this to you both. And maybe it's because of my upbringing and where I'm from and how I grew up. But this is what I know. Black Americans have been marginalized in every facet of society. And when Hattie McDaniel won for Gone with the Wind, 
She wasn't even allowed to be in the auditorium where she was being awarded the Oscar. She had to be outside in a lobby. And then they, they called her to come on stage so she can get the Oscar. Black Americans have fought to get these roles. They fought very, very hard to, to get them. And they've been through an, an enormous amount that from the lynchings and uh, you may say, oh, these things are not related, but they're related to black Americans because they had to fight for every freaking thing they got. And they made it better for whether you're in the LGBT community, you're another minority group. The things, the struggles they went through made it better for everybody else that's here. And so you fought so hard, especially with Hollywood. And you finally, finally get a seat at the table. And you finally got roles for, for people that look like you who fought your struggle. And so often, you still aren't good enough for your own roles. I can get and I can understand and I sympathize for people who feel that way because here's what I would say to you guys. We all know that there's very few black roles that you're not having to play a pimp, a prostitute, a drug dealer, some type of criminal. It's very, very rare that you can find a black role that you can sink your teeth in that's a, that's a positive nature. And I think you can even say, if you go even further, there's very few films where you can be the headline in the movie, unless you're Will Smith, Morgan Freeman, you know, Denzel Washington, you know, you're someone like that. It's really, really rare. So when you get a chance to play Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or Muhammad Ali or Aretha Franklin or Coretta Scott King or Fred Hampton, and you get a chance to get a, a, a role that you could end up getting a claim for where somebody can see you other as just somebody playing a criminal or something. And that's your history. That's your story in your country that, and you've been marginalized so much and nine times out of 10, it goes to a British actor. I can understand. I'm not saying that it's always Sorry, right, nine, but I can nine, understand nine, that. Nine out of 10, it's kind of, it's, it's a not, law. It's not nine out of 10 for the last decade. <laughs> If you look, nah, if you look at the not. historical movies that has come out from 12 Years a Slave, from One Night in Miami, I can see here for the things that's been nominated for Oscars, Golden Globes, and things of that nature for the last 10 years, and you look at prominent historical Black American figures, a lot of them, a great majority of them have been played by British actors. And, and I know I've been long-winded, but I just want to address one quick point, and then I'll give you guys the stage. Ben, you made the comment about how many Black Americans have played African, you know, the same thing in reverse, right? And here's what I would say to that. I do not argue with you. I think it's wrong, or it can be wrong in both instances. But here's why I'll say, I think there's a caveat. If you are playing a role, and let's say, I don't know, like, you know, like the case in Hotel Rwanda, I understand the business of, of Hollywood. You might need a marquee name so that you can get the project made so you can put butts in the seat. I get that both ways. Like Idris Elba, he's a name now. I do not disrespect that. I get it. But what I would say to you guys is when Carmen Ajogo or David Oyelowo played um, in Selma, they might have been, had a nice resume to themselves, but they were not household names here in the States. Neither was Cynthia Arrivo. She was not a household name here in the States when she got to play those roles. And I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying I can understand some hurt feelings from it. But at the same time, what you said, Tony, I get it. It's a very fine line in saying, hey, I just want to be able to hire the best person for this job. And I get that. But I think for a lot of Black American actors, they've always been told they wasn't as good as their peers. And now you're being put against people who look just like you because there's this belief that if you're British, you're more properly trained. We have conservatories here in the States, too, that are highly acclaimed. There's this myth that Black Americans are just coming off the street, going onto the set, and I don't think that's accurate. But you guys can correct me. I'm just giving you an opposing viewpoint. Tony, I'll let you go because I'm dying to talk. (laughs) My teeth are like gnashing over here. Please do. Tony, go ahead. Now, let Tony go first. (laughs) Marcus, the myth that they're better trained. um, So, like, a few people have said it. Like, again, we should go to the genesis of this problem. It was, what's his name? Samuel L. Jackson talking smack. He shouldn't have said that because, first of all, Sam Jackson doesn't let, he's been in 58 movies in the last 
three months. He's been in every movie in the world. Oh, like a thousand movies in the last three weeks. <laughs> so, so like he's taking roles from a lot of people. Like, what gives him the right to say to say that? And once he said it, people who like, oh, I didn't get that role because this person was that that that. Like, there's roles that I haven't gotten, and an American has gotten those roles, and it was an African role. But I go back to like, you know what? Maybe they were better than me. Maybe they have more credits than me. Maybe the director preferred them to me. Not oh. They give it to him because he's American. And I just think once people start thinking that way, like, like how, how are we going to change that? Like the, you can say there's a myth. Sometimes these guys are better trained. The, the question to ask is every time these Brits play those roles, do they or do they not do a great job? So if they do a good job, and I think most of them do a good job, why is it a problem? Like if you cast somebody who is wrong for it, who could not, who did not get the character, who could, because again, Samuel L. Jackson talked about it with Get Out. And I'm like, what else did he want Daniel Kaluuya to do? Like, he's like, well, there's a certain elements that an African-American could, would, that would, would get that the kid didn't get. And I'm like, that was a great movie. The kid did well. Like and he was excellent, like, by the way. I agree with you. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Yeah, so that's my that's my thing. I feel like if they were doing a horrible job, then we should have a problem with it. But they are not doing a horrible job. You know? Are we saying that, oh, black is black, but there's some black is more black than other blacks? Yeah. Black but ben, is black onto this business. You know, <laughs> black is black onto like, the, Hey, the, hey. Stay, I've stay, been dying, stay right? Lane. You can tell. You can tell my teeth are like, uh, give me a chance. Like, I mean, they're, they're saying so Go many ahead. things, right? Black is black until it's business. Black is black until they're better trained. Black is black until they're so-called cheap. But to me, it goes back to this whole, this, I don't know if you've, uh, oh, you guys have both listened to this song. Uh, Redemption song, Bob Marley. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. I think it's really, I, I, I love those. Bob Marley's my guy. Marcus knows this. Tony probably knows this. I can sing a lot of his songs. But that that little line, you know, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds, right? It's to me, that's really what this is. Because this mindset to, to me is an adopted mindset. And because of that, it forces us to not look at the root of a problem. Like we don't look at the cause of something. We look at the symptoms of it, right? So we're over here sitting about talking about a role that Daniel Kalua played and that, you know, probably should have gone to a black American. And I say this with all humility, right? And all acknowledgement of the fact that I may not be tickled by some of the emotions or some of the things that somebody that doesn't quite see like me sees it. But we're talking about this and we're not talking about the fact that distribution is cornered by a few key studios. And that's really where a lot of the decision-making comes from, right? If you want to, if you want to, you want to package a, a, a TV show or a movie, you got to package it this way or that way for this, for you to get distribution. So it goes out. And so we, we, we end up saying, Oh, it's Daniel Kaluuya, it's David Oyelowo, like it's just this, it's that. It's like, no, the big problem is actually distribution. And then if you really drop down a little bit, as we're talking about Judas and the Black Messiah, for example, and look at who actually created this movie. This movie was created by Macro. Everybody on there is a Black American except for Daniel Kaluuya, but they pick him out and they make him an example, a broad, broad stroke example of something that it's not. Because in this example of nine, nine of 10 that Marcus used, for this one movie, he's probably one of 200. It just so happened that he played the role. And then to marry that with Tony's point, he played the role with an American accent, with the right ethos, and with everything else. And then this brother goes around to do promos for the movie, and he talks, and you're like, oh, he's a legit Brit. Like, he actually talks and sounds like a Brit. He doesn't sound like Ben who has an accent, you know what I mean? So to me, all these things are very convoluted and almost separate from the fact that there are issues, the underlying themes that we should own as a people and that we should own and say, what are we really solving for? Because I think that's really what this is, right? If Tony does well and Tony smashes down doors, right? 
Daniel Kalu is only doing this because Denzel did well. And Denzel only got that role because the Allstate guy... No, Denzel got the role because he did well. And then the Allstate guy got it because of Denzel. And Tony got a role because of the Allstate guy, right? So I think that's the big picture of what we should be looking at. How do we solve for, ben, for I gotta broader you, inclusivity? I got I, I to interject here, Ben. I couldn't, Go ahead. I, I hear you guys, man. You guys are kumbaya in this thing. I, I'm sorry. I gotta. I'm. I fiercely disagree with you guys. I don't agree. Good. With that. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's accurate. And and I'm gonna tell you why. British people, even I'm just not even talking about black. Just British in general, they always have. There were slaves, by the more, way. They they too were slaves. So when you look at black actors, right? They only chance is here in the states. Really, you don't see black actors getting hired in English films ever. You don't see that. They, they get here, they get I, African films. They don't need they, British they, films. They no, get but African they, they films. They work. But no, again, Brit- so British, like, British gets both. And I'm just, but, but just hear me but out. Marcus, Granted, this is, Hollywood is, okay, let, let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. Yeah. What I'm saying to you is this, and this, and I'm, I, I'm not trying to pit, you guys are arguing about what is black. That's not what I'm saying. I, I'm not Samuel Jackson. I felt like what Samuel Jackson said to Daniel Kaluuya, Personally, I agree with some of his sentiment, but I didn't agree that he came at Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. I have no qualms. Again, as I said in the beginning, if Idris Elba comes here and gets in the origin of of this conversation, though, it was the kid in Get Out. Get Out became a big hit, and that was yeah, that's where that came. That was that's, but that was that was from him. But I'm talking about for the sake of this argument, I'm merely stating about these very iconic historical references or people, because I do think there is a major difference in some fictional character and somebody that is an iconic person for black Americans in this country. And even if you guys disagree with my nine out of 10, obviously to some extent I'm being facetious, but I'm saying for the last 10 years, most of the iconic black characters all those movies have been nominated for a lot of things and none of them have been spearheaded by black americans and i am trying to get you guys to see that i'm just saying i understand that people have a right to be a little bit annoyed by that because if you are an english actor you can make it here in the states and once you break your glass ceiling that they wouldn't let you break in england you get to go back and be in those english movies you get to go back and be on that london stage but when you're a black american no one hires black Americans to really be in movies unless you're here in the States. You guys are looking at it like, oh, well, they get to play this. You're talking about three or four people, Don Cheadle or Samuel Jackson or Morgan Freeman. Those are the pillar. That's like the most famous well, but, people but, in but the those world. Are prominent, but, about- but those are those are historical black characters that they played as well, too. You can't undermine the historical African characters and make the American characters more important than those. Those characters are important to the people to those countries they represent in the same way. No, no, but I said that, but that's what I said. So I said, I agree with it on both sides. Like I agree with it going on both ways. But as I said to Ben, if you are trying to get a movie made and you got to get that one big name and you choose Idris Elba to be, um, uh, you know, or or Dennis Haysbert, or you choose uh, Morgan Freeman to play Nelson Mandela, I get it. Maybe that's what you needed to get that movie made both ways, regardless of how it is. But when you, I'm saying in the case, but why is of, it why isn't it the same thing for when you choose a Brit guy, a British guy to play a historical American um, American black American figure? Why isn't it the same thing then? No, I'm saying I I think it's both ways. I that's what I keep saying. I think it should be the same way. But I think when you're trying to have a tent pole or you're trying to get people into a theater, I get it, how the econ, uh, economics of the motion picture industry work. You're trying to get a big name. But what I'm saying to you is in this country. Martin Luther King, people's going to go see that movie regardless. And David Oyella wasn't a, a, a big name here. Neither was Carmen Ejogo. They, were, they weren't big names here. So I'm just saying, like, it just almost seems like a concerted effort. And I understand it's, it's, that it's not again, like the you're machine. Saying it, you're ha- saying it almost seems, but we have to, like, again, who directed David Oyelowo in Selma? Oh, I get that. I understand. It's Ava DuVernay. I know who, it was Regina King. Who directed King. Um, I get a, One Night in Miami? Those are yeah, all Richie, like, I get it. Who directed um, I get that. Judas and the Black Messiah? I'm not Those saying it's all- a conspiracy. I'm just saying that I understand people being a little up in arms about it because 
that's a, that's not a lot of I, opportunity for black I, actors. I think, period. No matter where you're from. So I get. So this is the part that I get right. I get. I get it. Like it's been a struggle to get to get yours right. And now that you feel that you're getting yours, all of a sudden they're like, oh, you got to open it up to. There's Africans here. There's British actors here. There's Canadian actors here, and they all want to take from what you have. I get that part, and I could see how upsetting that is. I get upset sometimes when I see um, American actors playing roles that I feel should be Africans. Like we could talk about um, what's the movie coming out? Coming to America too. I don't think there's a single person born in Africa that's in that movie. And I'm like, ah, come on! You could have at least cast somebody from. No, some they, they did. They did. They movie. did cast. They, there's some. There's some. I promise. I just saw it today on. Uh, Jermaine. Jermaine. Jermaine Fowler is. Where is he from? I don't think he's African. The guy who played. Well, I don't know son. about him, but I, they did. They did. Um, they did. There is some because I just I just saw her. Okay. Story. I don't think you can I, completely. Well, we're talking maybe, about the roles maybe, here that you actually can point to, not the roles. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, like there's there's like yeah. f- there's like ten main people. I think at least two of them. It's called Coming to America. This character's that. But again, anyways, let me not go too far. For me, right? I get it. It looks like oh, the little we have, people are trying to take that away from us. But the truth is, like, we're all black people. Some people just happen to be born on a different continent. That's really what it is. Like, isn't it? It does. Isn't like the 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 like the the. You could show that that's true with the fact that those historical figures, right? What are the three things that typically go into playing a historical figure? One, physical resemblance, right? I don't Second think thing. Daniel Kaluuya looks anything like Fred Hampton, though. Do you? Okay, well. Let's go back to the other ones. Like, again, you may not be able to get somebody who's close enough, but again, um, Martin Luther King, David, he was close. Like, you could, you're not always going to be 100% close. Like, Denzel looked like Malcolm X, definitely. But he pulled that he, off. Denzel did pull that off. Yeah. 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 Um, but so, well, resemblance, the probably the, the how they sound, because you're going to be talking. And just the whole embodiment of that character, like if you're playing a Mandela, you want to have this serenity, this gracefulness, this you're grounded. So there's like those three things. Isn't it, isn't it great to see that black people all around the world all look like these historical American characters? Everybody's always happy to say like, oh my God, I have a cousin, um, who looks just like you. My cousin is from South Carolina and you're from Ghana. Oh my God, you guys look alike. Oh, like, man, we're the same people, man. Jamaicans uh, uh, from Ghana. Like we say that, but then when it comes to like, okay, let's play this role. You're like, well, no, no, no. I mean, I said we look alike, but um, yeah, it stops there. Like, isn't it great to see that we have somebody who looks like a mock, the, the kid who played Malcolm X actually played Barack Obama as well in a TV show. The Kingsley, um, isn't it great to see that we have these people from all over the world who look like that's a testament to the fact that we're all the same people. We're all black, like black is one. We all came from the same place. Some just happen to be born on a different continent. Personally, I just feel um, a lot of people are petty because, man, when the Brits play these roles, the Brits play this role so well. <laughs> it's upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> they, a lot of times, like I'll go, let me go with the nine out of 10. Nine out of 10 times, they nail the accent. They nailed the mannerisms. They 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 look like the characters, like the kid who played uh, Muhammad Ali. is from Canada, in um, mm-hmm. one night in Miami. He looks Eli Gore. more like oh, really? Muhammad Ali. Eli, yeah, he yeah, looks Eli more mm-hmm. more that more like um he looks more Cassius Clay than Will Smith did. Will Smith, that's for sure. You know, he looks mm-hmm. more Cassius Clay mm-hmm. than Will Smith did. Like no, look at him again. Just look at it again. I mean, but again, I, know, I that's watched just it me. twice. I mean, I'm not knocking him. He was great. I'm not <laughs> knocking him at all. You guys, but that's I my mean, thing. So I, I feel like me, it's just yeah, it's just ahead. people being petty because everybody like I come from from the perspective of I've heard so many random things. They're like, oh, it's a it's the studios pushing these guys because these guys wouldn't give them trouble. I'm like, black actors don't give them trouble. Like, what does that even mean? Like, American actors don't give them trouble and push for anything. They don't. So I'm like, that makes no sense. They're like, oh yeah, um, people would think they do better in interviews. Actually, I think Daniel Kaluuya is a great actor, but he's not a good, I wouldn't watch his interviews. He's all over the place. I don't enjoy his interviews. So I don't think people would 
cast somebody saying, oh, they're going to do a great interview when we promote the movie. That I don't like in the business, people don't really do that. You're trying to get the best actor for that role that's going to hopefully get people in the seats and make a ton of money for you. I don't think so they go me, with like, look, Tony, let me press this. Marcus, I want to hear your thought on this first. Let me press this a little bit deeper, right? So we're talking about this and it's kind of gone Brit actors versus Black American actors. What about this whole thing of Africans versus African Americans? You know, they look down on us. You know, they're this, they're that. You've heard it. What do you think about that? I think I think there's a component to that that over in an overarching sense, it's it's still part it's of this, what this conversation it is, is about. It is it is part of what this thing is because um, th- this is again like this is me probably going off the rails a little bit, but I feel that a lot of um, Black Americans feel that their Black experience, because it's true, they've led the way in so many things. They, they've led the way, like, the Black American is the most imitated man in the world. Like, from hip-hop to, to everything. That's just true. We want to sound like them. We want to be like them. That's just the honest truth. Um, so I feel like they're, they're, they're so used to leading the way, but then the problem with leading the way, which is an American thing, is that you start thinking everybody else is a notch below you. That's how I see it. So they're so used to like, oh, well, we, we, we started this. We do, okay, it's like basketball, right? Um, nobody complains about Africans playing basketball. Now, if you start getting more and more Africans who, like, an, like somebody born on the continent of Africa who becomes the face of the NBA, that's when you're going to get a comment about it. Right now, it's okay because, yeah, we still have the greatest of all time is still Michael Jordan. We have the LeBrons. We have late, 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 great Kobe. Like, we don't feel threatened. But then as soon as there's more African names, you know, like, what's his name? The Dream did it for like a second and was gone, so it wasn't too much of a problem. But once there's the consistent amount, then people are going to start complaining. And I think it's, 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 it's like, to me, it's like you've been used to, well, the same people who came up with the whole concept of like, oh, why are our roles being taken away from us? It's See, like, I, I think, feel like- I think a, that's a, I don't know, Tony. I think here, and you know, I love you dearly. Yeah. I think that's a slippery slope that you're on there because when you say you, you've used the term petty and you've used it and I'm not taking shots. I'm just, I'm just, we're just conversing here. Uh, and, and you're, and I don't think that Black Americans or Black American men is like, oh, we're so used to leading the way. Black men or Black women, we don't know really because what the rest of the world thinks about us like that. What we we really don't like. We know people like hip hop. We know people buy it, but we we don't really see that a lot of times. A lot of people don't. What we do know is we live in a culture in this country where we're appropriated, mistreated, where people want what they think is cool from us, but they still think that we're half a man compared to them. And so it goes back to what I said about the movies. And let me give you this as an example. Just the, We're going to take away movies, take away because you're in that industry. So I know that's something that's, that means a lot to you. Let's use this as an example. Let's say Apple today. Right. They say we're going to no. let's pick a foreign company. Let's say Toyota, because that's a Japanese company. Toyota says we want to build a plant in Los Angeles. And you say, okay. you say, well, what what do you want to do? They say we're going to hire a thousand people, create a thousand new jobs. And California is like, wow. okay. well, if you're going to create a thousand new jobs, we'll give you some land. That land's worth, I don't know, a hundred, a hundred million dollars. We'll give you that land for one cent for ninety nine years. Because you're going to be creating all these jobs. It's a, it's a good trade. Like, it's a good thing. You're creating jobs for us. And you're like, all right, that sounds good. And then when Toyota comes to, to Los Angeles, when they come here and they get ready to start build, um, creating these jobs, they go and bring in 500 people from Japan instead of bringing in the people that's already here. And you might not feel like that deal is so fair then. And I feel like that's kind of how Black mm, Americans okay. feel. Because Black, Mar- Black Americans are always been told, even when you listen to the press, I've been to a lot of countries and I've had friends in other countries and it was like, you know, who are not black. And they're like, I used to, the only thing I used to see and I only knew about black people is that what I would see cops. We have such a negative connotation, even in Hollywood, where they're like, you're going to complain. Look at Ray Fisher right now, who was supposed to be playing Cyborg. He talked about something that happened to him. He's been ostracized for it. 
I think sometimes British actors, black actors are chosen because people always like just brush over black plight. They use the term you're playing a race card. We, uh, but how I mean, how you, how does how does somebody but, getting a role mean that they're brushing over black plight? Again, not I'm every not, not, American actor is at the forefront of like the Black Lives Matter movement or like you know no, what no, I mean. I not get every, that. I totally get that, but I'm just I'm just trying to get you guys. I'm not, and I made this clear in the beginning, but I, I think because I'm on the other side, it sounds like I'm fighting hard for it. But I'm no, just no, trying no, to no, get no. You you're not. We're talking. Understand. We're having a conversation. Yeah, we're, trying we're having to a healthy important. conversation. So that's what we're doing. It's yeah. It's really important, important for you, you guys learn. to see that why they feel that way, and I think that's why because it still comes back to marginalization. And I hear what you're saying, and let it be known that I and I think I'm I'm speaking for that side of the table. If you don't think when we see David O'Yellow get nominated for something, a Chiwetel Elja for, that we're not clapping and cheering for them too, then I'm not doing a good job of representing that side. What I am saying is when it's our heroes, I will say this again. If you come here tomorrow and you get to play the Black James Bond, I am going to be all up in that piece. I'm going to be on the front row <laughs> on Friday night. I'm going to be there. If you get to play in Get Out number two, I'm going to be there. It's not about you guys, quote unquote, coming here, taking what's ours, like taking all these roles. Those roles that's just like fictional. I don't care if you're in coming to America or or, or Black Panther 2, I'm going to cheer you on. But I think it's something special about Harriet Tubman. I think it's something special about Martin Luther King. It's that's and I think that is the difference. So, Marcus, a- again, um, I'll, I'll, I'll flip this really quick, which we've already touched on. Look at it in reverse. When American actors play Black Africans, right? I'll stop right there because I don't want to belabor that particular point. I think, to, I, yeah, I think to me the bigger point is that when we think about this, we need to like almost think about it in abstraction, like 30,000 foot view and say, what does this advance? What am I really complaining about here, right? So we're talking about playing Martin Luther King. We should be celebrating that a whole movie was made about Martin Luther King and it was actually distributed and we have it on Amazon Prime, Netflix, Disney Plus, what have you, right? I think that's the first win. The second one is that you're casting Black people. And I'm going to stop and just tie this to your Toyota argument. They went to Japan. They didn't go to China, right? So there's half of the argument that says Japanese people hired Japanese to do their jobs. And there's a part of this argument that says a black person was hired for a black role. If we stop there, we're making progress. If we look at the black role with a black person and say, okay, now let's take it a step down and say, what kind of black person, you know, what group dimension of blackness played this role? Then you're getting into this whole argument of, if you're not 100% white, you're not white. If you're 1%, anything else, you're not white. But if a white person plays any role, um, you think about Spaniards who come here and play roles. And what's the Spanish guy that was, you know, pushing boots for? Um, Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. He can play whatever he wants, right? You can just across the board. You can take an American actor, get him to play in the Vikings over in Europe. You can go take a Norwegian, get him to play in... Um, you know, um, Game of Thrones, like we don't make these arguments, right? Because we, we look at it with a high level eye of they defined what white was and this is a global phenomenon and this is what it is. But then when we go down and take um, blackness, we say, okay, you're black, but you're from Africa. You're black, but you're from America. You're black, but you're from Jamaica. When we do that, that mindset, you, you don't have that mindset of Pan-Africanist. You don't have that mindset that fights for you because your experience as a black person, my experience as somebody that was born in Cameroon that moved to the U.S., is not any different than yours. And when I fight and when I get pissed off, and if I talk about black culture, I'm talking about black culture globally because when I look at you, Marcus, and I look at Southern comfort foods and I think about What's Southern food and what's Cameroonian food or like you know, the same Nigerian? Thing, you know it's what I mean? Really when I look at thing. all of that, <laughs> when I look at all of that, to me, there's an eagerness to solve for that connection. 
there's an eagerness to say every African-American, every Black American should do 23andMe. Every one Black American should be going back to Ghana, should be going back to Cameroon or um, Sierra Leone or Cote d'Ivoire. Like I'm like, this is what it is. You're not going back because you want to go back home to the motherland. I get that concept, but you know, take it from me as somebody who moved here from Cameroon. When I go back to Cameroon, I'm teased, right? You go back and you speak, they're like, ah, the American is here, right? So I, I get that you will never become Ghanaian. But the, what I'm, what, the point I'm making is that you advocate for the whole. You advocate for you to have that connective tissue to your culture and to your people and to your identity. And until we look at that and get it, until we get that concept of, I am black because of my experiences, not necessarily because of the color of my skin. We, this movie is black because they, they were able to tell a story of a black icon until we get that concept to say, this amplified Malcolm X, this amplified Harriet Tubman, this amplified all these historical people and icons who will not be taught in the history, in, in the history classes or lessons and who kids will not be exposed to. And we're getting an opportunity to get to know them now, right? Because if it weren't for Judas and the Black Messiah, this story would have been foreign to me. So I appreciate it for the opportunity to educate me, to inform me, to make me feel something and to deposit, you know, in my basket of, of intellect. And I feel like that in itself is an advancement from where I was. That in itself is an advancement of the general move and the general recognition that what is more pertinent is to tell these stories. And what is more pertinent is to understand that the more we can get these stories out, the more we can tell them, the more we can provide content, the more we can commercialize Black culture and be in it and be a part of the, the commerce of it. That's the win, right? So let these me, other me, things me to me, this, at, let me... Let me ask yeah. you this real quick. So if I was making a movie about samurais, right? And samurais are, that's a part of uh, Japanese culture. Is that correct? So they would be valid in being upset if there was a movie about samurais, but most of the people playing the samurais or a lot of people or the actors were Chinese. They're still from the Asian culture. They're still from that. And I and I and I I'm just trying to say like oh, yes that, you are that, black. Mar- Marcus, that is, me, that is so different though, Marcus. No, no, but let, like but, but, Chinese see, well, wait, and before Japanese. you say it's different, see where I'm going. But see where I'm going with it though. Just because you're black, I think that's the thing that people sometimes forget. You're still a black American, and I and I just like to hit you guys with a quote because I told you guys I did a little research on this before we talked. <laughs> so that's right. So there's an actor. There's an actor, David Harewood. And he played Martin Luther King Jr. on stage in the mountaintop. And I'm quoting him when he said this. He said, I heard about Samuel Jackson's criticism. And he said, I think that black actors are able to play these roles because we're able to unshackle ourselves from the burdens of racial realities and simply play what's on the page. Those words, like unshackle, we're able to like. Even so, those words, I'm just telling you the truth. Was, if I didn't, he know- was in Homeland. He was in Homeland. So, like, that's that's his that's his experience to him. That's what he thinks about it. But does that deny the fact that are you saying because of what he said, other British Americans, other Brits should not play American roles because of what the one dude said? I I did I didn't I didn't I didn't agree with what he said. Actually, I remember him saying that he's, he's he was popular from a Homeland. Um, and I didn't agree with him when he said that. I thought I'm like, oh, unshackle. What does that mean? Like, there's no, like, not every again, not every black person in America has the same black experience. Not every black American. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what? No, does that I totally mean? get that. But I, but I, I think even though, and I keep saying this, I champion all black people who succeed because we all know how hard it is to succeed in a world that oppresses us so heavily. And I think we all would say that. I'm just saying to you guys that I can understand when people come into a country, and I'm not talking about people who are U.S. citizens from the United States. I'm talking about people who come from another country. They can still get work in their place. We can't get work in their place. And then you tell our most vital stories. I'm just saying to you, and I'm not talking about fictional pieces. 
I'm talking about those autobiographical things because I do, because that seems to be as I went online and I scoured, that so, seems to think be about the this. thing that sticks about this, Marcus. The <laughs> think about Marcus, this. So like, let me let me point this out. Let me point this out real quick, Tony. Let me point this out to you. There's something deeper here that needs to be solved for, right? So you get Australia, for example, they do tax credits for movies, right? Big. So all the big studios go over there and they shoot. And for you to get the tax credits, you got to cast an American director or an Australian director. You got to have at least one of your leads needs to be Australian. And so all of a sudden you go through a window where um, in the Marvel universe and most of the other universes, you see a bunch of really good Australian actors, right? Same thing with Britain, like the UK. Go over there, lots of it, tax credits, all the big studios going over there, using their talent. Like you're not going to, BAFTA is going to hold you down. You're not going to get a BAFTA award if you don't do this, 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 that, that, that. Come over to America, right? Profits. Just make money, man. We'll give you some credits. Come here, use whatever you want to make, but just spend X, right? Use some local talent. Use some some local vendors. But we're not putting all these teeth into the art. We're not putting all the teeth into artistry, right? And so when you look into things like that and you start to me, even though we're, we're talking specifically about, you know, the Blacks in Black American icon roles. I, I think that the broader things, and th I keep going back to this, and I'm not invalidating the sentiment. I'm not invalidating what you're saying by any means, because if there's any one thing that I now believe in is that you need to listen to dissenting opinions and not even try to understand them. I think we talked about this in the last episode. Like, I'm not going to try to understand yeah, you. I'm going to assume that, I right, I'm going to assume you- Don't call them petty like Tony did. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. That wasn't meant as think, a shot, by I, the way. That was not I still, a shot. I still, hey, I still think it's petty when some people say it, but I, I get your point though. Go ahead, go ahead, Ben. <laughs> no, so, so to me- when you start looking at some of these things and you say with intent, and this is going to be the part of me that if you don't know me slowly, but surely you're going to hear that I'm a capitalist by nature, but I think capitalism is flawed because it works until it doesn't work. And then when it doesn't work, the system props it up and then it crashes again and the system props it up. And because of that, it works very well for the people it's always worked for because when they prop it up, they're only propping up the system, the people it's always worked for. But if this were a real issue that is prevalent and that you systematically want to solve for, well, then we're not having the right argument. Then maybe we're talking about talking to the state film departments, right? Maybe we're talking about you know, Oscars and what have you. Like, we know that there are all these issues that need to be solved for. And we, we're going to end up saying British actors are cheap and British act. No, they end up getting these roles because they have exposure. They end up getting, they don't just go pluck them from the streets and they don't do blind auditions in the UK for Daniel Kaluuya to get in a movie. He actually gets some notoriety before he gets into Get Out. Like they just didn't pick him up from nowhere to put him in Get Out, right? So, I think it's a bigger argument, and I'm really like I sincerely believe that focusing on the micro before looking at the macro issues leads you to solve for the wrong things. And to me, solving for this, um, I, I understand the sentiment. I know where it's coming from, but solving for Black Americans playing iconic Black roles, which, you know, on, it's, it's intellectually, it's right, right? This is, it's cultural. It's all of these things. Intellectually, it's right. But practically, when you look at the, the job that the Brits have done, you can't really question it. They win doing these jobs. And so when you think about that, I say, where do they come from? Why do they get this classical training, whatever the hell that is? Because I know hella good actors that did accounting in Minnesota and ended up becoming <laughs> actors. Hey, we're still trying when we come over here. How dare you? <laughs> right. You, you no, know, this is what I'm saying. Just... Can I say something real fast? Like, you're making a really yeah, good point. Yeah, that, that was my point, yeah. One thing that is missing is that for every one... Black Brit, every John Boyega, every Daniel Kaluuya you see, there's about 10 of them who are here in the U.S. not making it. 
So it's not like, oh, they just picked this guy because they want to give... No, no, like, there's competition for those jobs. Like, when they did One Night in Miami, it was cast by Kimberly Harden. Like, there was an open call put out. Everyone could submit. They were looking for people who look like these people. It was open for everyone to submit. And then once you do that and you don't see what you're looking for because you needed somebody who could has the physicality, has the looks. If you don't see that, you're like, okay, good. Where else do we have other black people? Like the the fact that we, like to me, is just showing that the black experience is just not unique to the American experience. There were slaves, their, their forefathers were slaves in, U, in the UK as well, um, where we all came from Africa. It's all the same thing. So like, okay, now I couldn't find the one here. Let me look for, let me look somewhere else. That's how I see it. And the the other side of this that we're feeling to recognize is, okay, um, tell me who you think iconic American characters are, right? They don't really have our our civil rights heroes. So their iconic characters are some of their presidents, and I would say they are superheroes, right? That's an interesting way to look at it. But what who do you think Amer- white American iconic characters are? Superman, Batman. Um, some of the presidents, like to me, honestly, they don't have, they don't have like the civil rights heroes that we have because we, you, we come from like a struggle. White, white actors don't have icons? Like who are the, no, I'm saying like who are like iconic American figures? You that know, like anybody or that are not black? I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure I understand No, your, that are anybody, question. not black, not black. So white, iconic American figures. Oh man, that's a ton. Sports, politics. Okay, I mean, that's so, a ton. So okay, so let me give you let me give you a bunch of examples. Um, in somebody talked about Apple, right? We talked about Apple. Who's the biggest name in Apple? With Apple, what's his um, what's his name? Jobs. Steve Jobs. Who played Who played Steve Jobs in the movie? Uh, a couple of people. Ashton Kutcher. I can't remember the other guy, but so, yeah, it's been a couple of times he's been. Well, the most the most pop the most popular movie was done by what's his name? Um, the guy who plays Magneto in the X Men. Uh, his, oh, uh, uh Fassbender. Fassbender, Michael Fassbender. Um, mm-hmm. think about uh, what's his name? John. What's the president? Um, Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Who mm-hmm. won the Oscar for praying Abraham Lincoln? Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. That's a mm-hmm. Brit. Um, who played uh, Anthony Hopkins is Welsh. He played John Adams in Amistad. Yeah, but I mean, um, I, okay, but that's that's I mean that's the point. So though. that was my point. That, There's that, so that, many the, white pop point, culture the, icons here. There's not as many that I would say is as iconic or important to the black community as there is a white community. Is that a well, point you're no, trying but to make? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Like now, I don't think they're taking like some of them will be played by people who are white from all over the world. Some of the black icons will be played by people who are black from all over the world. Not all of them are gone. It just so happened that, yeah, like there's been a lot of good, like it so happened that there's been a lot of decent British actors who actually look like these people who are getting these roles. I mean, Cynthia Rivo is doing Aretha Franklin, but what's the name is also doing it? Um, Jennifer Hudson. There's there's two Aretha Franklin movies coming out um, this year or something like that. Um, so th- that's going to happen. And one thing about, like Ben kind of touched on this a little bit, this is Hollywood. This is America. This is where everybody comes. This is where you get, like, in. they don't want to work in Britain because they are not getting paid that much money. This is where you come make the money and you... Um, there's no that you can break the ceiling a lot easier. I, I don't know if it's a lot easier over here, but this is where you this is where everybody comes. That's why I'm here. You know, that's why Nollywood actors come here. Everybody comes like Asian actors. They all come here because this is the place to be. This gives us the best opportunity. I don't think it's people coming here and disrespecting the other side or saying, oh, I'm just going to come take this or we're going to be, we, we know if we come here, we're going to be given these roles or those roles. No, that's just the nature of the business. Everybody comes to Hollywood because Hollywood is, what's it, where dreams are made and all that gushy, gushy, yeah. yabba, yabba stuff. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so it's going to keep right. happening. There's going to be more actors coming here um, and we have to be ready to, to compete with them. Like I hate right, missing we're, we're, we're out on pushing any African up. role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're pushing up on time here. So last words, Marcus. 
What are your no, last words um, on this conversation? I, th- I think I think both of your viewpoints are valid. Um, I agree with a lot of your sentiment. Um, I disagree with you on some. I would say that anytime I come to someone else's place, I you want to be respectful. So I think as long as whomever comes and play whatever part, whether it's an American playing an African part or an Australian playing a British part or a British black playing a iconic black American part, it's not just about how well you did the role. It's also about, even when you made a comment about interviews, it's about how you humble yourselves to those people's experiences. And one of the things I've seen today is that sometimes there is a tinge um, of arrogance in that. And sometimes there is a bit of, we're better than you at this. I've seen it. I've read it. I saw it. I was like, wow, I was kind of surprised. I, I, and it kind of changed I agree my, with the first part. Sorry to cut you off, but I, I do agree with the first part. There has been a tinge of arrogance. Um, Cynthia Rivo playing Harriet, David Harrywood as oh, well. She, oh, yeah. Ton, uh, tons of comments. And it was like, there has there was been. arrogance there. And. I, 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 I agree with you. What I the thing is I also sort of get where the arrogance comes from because we're not being asked like a lot of them, I'm saying we because I'm considering myself as a non black American, is we're not being asked like, hey, how it's more like what made you think you were good enough to play this? And that's as an actor, as individuals, as actors who are confident people, like the confidence becomes an ar- arrogant thing. But I could I agree with you on that. Sorry to cut you off. I agree with you. There has no, been no, a no, tinge no, that's of okay. arrogance that's okay. in some of the interviews. Yeah, because as I saw the comments, I was like, and I heard what you said too, man, and I really respect you a ton. And and Ben too, you you I, you guys are probably two of my closest people since I've been out here. But I do think you have to be a, a little leery of that. And we all, if you're in Hollywood, you got to know the trappings of Hollywood. So, but I think it's an interesting conversation. Um, the one thing I never want to be a part of is anything that tears down anyone, but specifically I never want to be a person that tears down a black community because we've had enough from the outside. We don't need it to do it within. So if you have the talent, you have the passion, and if you have the sensitivity to understand other people's plight, um, I'll always go and champion you and I will always go see your films. So that's me. Tony, last words. Thank you. So when I when I make uh, the movie, I know Marcus is going to be right there buying a buying a ticket. But um, now I'm going to go yes, back to uh, <laughs> what um, there's a there's a there's a scene in Judas and the Black Messiah where Deborah Johnson, played by Dominic Fishback, tells uh, Fred Hampton he was making a speech and there was this kid wearing a dashiki, and he kind of talked down to the kid, and she said something along the line of. Um, you have to use your words more carefully instead of tearing down the folk you're recruiting because they demonstrate a little black pride. Um, so how I see that is like, again, we're in Hollywood, we're in America. Black Americans do have that power over the rest of the black world because you guys have been leaders um, and here in Hollywood. Um, I feel that people just have to be more sensitive and more aware of what they're saying. Um Use your power more carefully instead of tearing down somebody who just presents a different a different black perspective from your perspective. To me, there's there's strength in numbers. There's so much we could accomplish together. So let's start figuring how to get together and accomplish that. All right, Ben. Well, all right. Now, Ben, any thoughts you want to close out on real quick before I shut it out? The overarching thing for me, it's really the sentiment about being black. To me, it's not the color of my skin. Um, it's really a, an experience. It's really a sum of experiences that you acquire in your interactions with people, in the way the world treats you. And it, it's a shared experience, right? And to that, you know, I can almost say we should be conscious of the uniting factor amongst us. And this is not, I, I think what we get with these conversations, and I can dive a little bit into this the conversations around BLM and DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and what have you, I think what it really is, is really about unifying and finding the common thread that unites us, right? Within race, without, and in any other dimension that you, once you start getting the desire to pick apart somebody because of the color of their skin. Like I'm black, I'm this kind of black, you're that kind of black, I'm this white, you're that white. 
When you start doing that, you should pause and think about what it is that you're really getting at because it's so easy to go down that road and get lost in the weeds and come out of it looking exactly like what you think you're not. So I'm going to stop there, but that's really my sentiment around these whole, you know, the conversations that we, we, we've had today. Well, I, I just want to thank Tony again for being here. You thank you, Tony. Thank amazing. you, Tony. Thank oh, you. Absolutely pleasure. Amazing. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. And again, sorry, I know I rounded up, but I do get what you're saying, though, because I feel the same way when I see an American playing the role that I think should be played by somebody from an Af- from the African continent. I'm like, eh, why is that happening? It's there. What kind of black it is? that? A- so I could I could see how... An American would feel that, okay, how are they playing an iconic, like our heroes, one of our heroes? Heroes are a big deal. Um, So I I do get that point. I do get it, definitely. Well, Tony, I want you, which is rare. We rarely had a guest close us out. Can you just tell all the people out here listening where they can find you on social media and where they can see you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Oh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So uh, Instagram, Tony Tamby, T-O-N-Y. T-A-M-B-I, like Bambi, but with a T. So you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Um, those would be the best places to get me. Where else? YouTube. Probably look me up on YouTube, Tony Tamby. I'll come up on YouTube. But Instagram, Facebook. And uh, check out uh, my web series, Consequences. Consequences underscore TV. That's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You can find us there. We're also on Amazon Prime. And uh, you may see me show up on Monday evenings on uh, CBS and Bob Hart's Abishola. I show up there every now and then. All right. That's the reason to watch the show and come and check out our boy, Tony. Thank you guys for joining us. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Until then, everybody stay safe.